Good morning. It is Monday, April 24th. It's seven minutes after nine. The gang is all back together. It is Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Thank you so much for joining us. We're glad you're here on this Monday. And we begin with this question. How many Bidens does it take to peddle influence? (laughs) The world may never know. According to uh, Representative James Comer, it takes more than a few. He shared the latest on the investigation into the Biden family business dealings, and he alleged that there are more family members involved than initially thought. He also said the family could be in a pickle. He questions what those family members were doing to receive money. So as I told you, Casey, I've been watching old episodes of Dallas. Yeah. And one of the things that you quickly realize in Dallas is they're all in some level other than Bobby and Pamela Ewing in on the con together, right? They all know what the Ewing family is. And as a result, they're all watching each other's backs. There's no way that one couldn't be involved because they're all joined at the hip. So why would you think it would be any different for the Biden family that they all, that there would, like, what, there's just two of them that are corrupt and nobody else was in on this thing and they were all just blindly naive to what was going on? No, of course not. It's utterly ridiculous to think that there wouldn't be many, many members of the Biden family who know exactly what Hunter is, know exactly what's going on, and are a, an integral part of it. What is that saying? It takes a village? <laughs> so- it takes It takes the entire distant family members to peddle influence. So here is Comer, James Comer. He is a representative from Kentucky, the head of over, oversight, mm-hmm. saying that he believes as many as 12 of the Bidens are involved in influence peddling. How many family members were involved? Right. Well, right now we have nine, but I believe in the end that number will be at least 12. I mean, this was the Biden family uh influence peddling scheme. And, and, you know, when people say, well, they were involved in ventures around the world, I haven't found a legitimate business on the Biden end, Maria. I found legitimate businesses that uh, that were paying the LLCs that were then turning around and laundering the money back to the Bidens. But I haven't found any legitimate business dealings on the Biden end. Uh, it looks like if there was a legitimate business dealing in any of these LLCs, it was influence peddling. And, you know, if you want to get technical and if you want to get uh, to a legal term, that's called being a foreign agent. Uh, They weren't registered as a foreign agent, and I'm sure the ethics laws would prevent immediate family members of high-ranking government officials from being foreign agents. Either way, this is bad. There are more laws that appear to me that have been broken than just tax evasion, and there are a lot more Bidens involved than just the president's son and his brother. Okay, so he said there's no rhyme or reason for why some of these family members are receiving any money, any payment, and they're still digging. But at this point, I'm getting a little mad about this because all he's doing is talking about it. Where are the indictments? Well, so the, 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 the issue is when you ask an obvious question, there should be an obvious answer. And if there is no obvious answer to an obvious question, then something is probably afoot. And in the case of the Bidens... How does a guy with no applicable talents or skill sets who's a career government person end up a multimillionaire with beach houses and fancy cars? How does Hunter Biden, who is a moron, (laughs) end up on these boards and Mm -hmm. commissions and making all this money and these foreign entities? 
How does Joe Biden's brother end up a very wealthy person? Your daughter-in-law is another name that's popping up now. Right. Like, like you and I live a lifestyle that goes with the income that we earn, right? We live in modest, middle-class houses. We drive model, modest, middle-class cars. There's nothing you would look at the lifestyle of Casey Daniels or Rob Kendall and go, how are you affording that? Right. We work at WIBC. (laughs) Though perceived as being highly glamorous, it does not pay what it once did. But we earn enough to earn a comfortable living for a middle-class existence. When you look at Joe Biden and Hunter Biden and Joe Biden's brother and the sister and all of these people, you would say to yourself, how does this happen? Mm -hmm. Given the income that you would be making for the thing that you do, and there is no obvious answer to that other than shenanigans are being pulled. Well, and they just keep getting more of these SARS, these suspicious activity reports that are pointing to more and more possibly alleged illegal activities. And Comer brings up a good point. What are these LLCs? Right. Uh, real quick, Kev, we're going to go a little out of order. I want to go to this Chris Coons audio, which is number three on the segment for the hour. So Chris Coons, Delaware senator, great buddies with Biden. He get He gets asked... Hey, look, we've been at this Hunter Biden thing since mm-hmm. 2018. Right. What else do you need to know? And he says, no idea when it's going to end. CBS reported back in October that the FBI had gathered evidence sufficient enough to charge Hunter Biden with tax and gun related crimes and sent it to the U.S. attorney in Delaware. And we know that in the coming days, Mr. Biden's attorneys are set to meet with the U.S. attorney in Delaware. Do you have any sense if this is going to conclude soon? It's been ongoing since 2018. Uh, No, I don't, Margaret, nor should I. Um, It is an ongoing investigation that, as you say, has been uh, conducted for years. Let's just keep going and going. Okay, so the door is open now. We've got the Hunter investigation, which has been going on since 2018. You've got these suspicious activity reports. Now you've got this whistleblower inside the FBI. You've got Garland, who's been lying before Congress. You've got time and time again of, I mean, Joe Biden saying, I don't know anything about my son's business dealings. And we know for, you know, that's just not true. So when does it end? Uh, oh, never. T- there right. you go. I was just going to say it, does, yeah. it doesn't end. And I was trying to figure out a way to word that. And then you worded it quite quickly and better than I could have. It, it doesn't end. All right, let's switch gears real quick. Mm-hmm. So AOC was on with Jen Psaki, <laughs> who they are putting out there as some sort of legitimate journalist. Now. Wow. It's not, hey, I'm watching Hannity or Tucker, where this is clearly opinion-based. They're presenting her mm-hmm. as a legitimate journalist where she's nodding in agreement and she's got the pen in her hand and, you know, little notepad. And um, she is sitting out in the park interviewing dignitaries. And she had AOC on her show. And AOC did what I always tell people. If you let them talk, they'll eventually tell you what they really think. If you let them talk long enough, they will tell you what you really think. And right here it is. For your ears to hear in no way manipulated, there's a corresponding video that goes with it. Jen Psaki is nodding along the whole time in agreement. AOC says that Tucker Carlson and people like him, so I guess she's saying people like us, should not be allowed on the airwaves. The government should shut us down federal regulation in terms of what's allowed on air and what isn't. And when you look at what Tucker Carlson and some of these other folks on Fox do, it is very 
very clearly incitement of violence, very clearly incitement of violence. And that is the line that I think we have to uh, be willing to contend with. So there's no misinterpretation of that. She is saying that the federal government should take Tucker Carlson and Fox News off the airwaves. Yeah. I mean, is there any, you're the reasonable one on this show, Casey. Is there any? That's what I heard. She's for censorship, which is what the Restrict Act is about. And if she's going to say Tucker should come off the air, well, conversely, shouldn't The View come off the air? Right. Same exact thing. And then after that interview, they went and brushed each other's hair. <laughs> so when you, I mean, this is the, and, and this is, this is how it started on social media. If you remember years ago, someone must ban Alex Jones. He is hate speech. He's inciting violence, blah, blah, blah. And nobody stood up for Alex Jones. And we said at the time on this radio station that that was a terrible idea, or at least I said that on this radio station at the time. That was a terrible idea because if you let him get away with banning Alex Jones, who, yes, is a crazy, but if he gets banned, it'll be the next guy who's maybe deemed a little less crazy, and then the next guy, and then the next guy, and then the next guy, and now you're into mainstream conservative thinkers getting banned, and that's exactly what happened, and that's what they're going to try to do here. They want to. They will f- try to f- use the power of the federal government to flush people like Tucker Carlson and and I- anybody else that they disagree with off the airwaves. Don't take my word for it. She said it. Mm-hmm. Okay, so there were some loud booms over the weekend. Did you hear it? I totally did. It did sounded like it was in my it? backyard. I totally. I was very worried that something had collapsed in my backyard. You thought it was a tree falling on your house? No, just possibly a meteor. And we're going to get into it coming up. Sixteen minutes after nine, it's Kendall and Casey on ninety-three WIBC. You really got me going. You got me so I don't know what I'm doing. It's after nine. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. And continuing on with that interview that Jen Psaki had with AOC, it's called Inside with Jen Psaki. AOC says she thinks that Marjorie Taylor Greene is running the caucus and that McCarthy is only doing her bidding. Now, Speaker McCarthy, in order to become Speaker, had to cut some deals. We still don't know the details on. (laughs) Do you think he's actually running his caucus or do you think someone else is? He's not. I don't. Who's believe, running it? I think you you've got Marjorie Taylor Greene running the caucus. I mean, and she makes very common public statements to that effect. Every time something irks her, she communicates that McCarthy is doing her bidding. Now, you have long said that you think that those two, Marjorie Taylor Greene and Kevin McCarthy, are making eyes at each other. Oh, I don't think i needed to say it i think everyone saw it on national television i mean there's many photos of her looking the way you would look at vivek ramaswamy (laughs) so if we're going to agree with aoc which we're really not doing but if we were to agree with aoc then we could say that mccarthy is a little whipped well well, i think kevin mccarthy is a person who wanted power by any means necessary which makes sense he's a politician and he made pledges to people who he doesn't necessarily like in order to ensure that that he would be able to have that power now the problem is as we've seen none none of this none of the stuff they're doing right now matters in the house because none of it's going to pass what matters is what they do with the debt ceiling and we've already seen what he's going to do with the debt ceiling which is nothing 
Right, and we're going to get into that more. Uh, so, I, you know, to me, it's like if she's calling the shots, she's doing a pretty crappy job of calling the shots because the one thing that matters is the debt ceiling, and they're going to just roll over on that because that's who the Republicans are. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, and i just like to take this moment to say how much it bothers me that we call her AOC. Oh, okay. Well, you um, call her whatever you want. You know, I mean, she's not an MLK. She's not a JFK. She's not an FDR. She's not even an RB. RB, RB that that RBG. that's what's got you up. Well, why 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 does really? she, why does she get the three three letter? Because her name's already. hard to say, and it's easier just to say that. To say AOC, you think she qualifies? She's at that level where she gets the acronym already. The AOC. This is what has you fired up. <laughs> All know. the crap going on in the world, no, and if it, we lose it, really, Casey? It doesn't have me fired up, Rob. It clearly does. You just made a blanket statement about I it. Ju- yeah, she's getting a, the three letters. I, I just she's not to point on the same out. part as MLK. I just wanted to point it out. Make everybody aware. Yes, because it bothers you. Like, that's what you sat around stewing about, that you're wasting <laughs> our valuable airtime. We're not talking about the meteor. We're talking about whether we use a three letters to describe this woman. You want to talk about the meteor? I don't care what we talk about. I'm just amazed that that's what's got you fired up. Hey, also trending this morning is Super Mario Brothers. How about that? You want to talk about that? Number uh, one at the box office again. Three weeks in a row, they ranked in $1 billion in just 18 days. Okay, let's talk about the meteor. Yes. Were you a victim of the meteor? Hey, I thought it was a gunshot. I live in Indianapolis. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so this would have been about 8.45 Friday night. Mm-hmm. There was a loud, depending on where you were, to me it sounded like something fell in my backyard. But to people, Pittsburgh, which is right down the road from me, people were describing the ground as shaking. People, I believe, in Noblesville and North were describing the ground as shaking. And their guesstimate on this, which that's kind of scary, that there's a boom of some sort heard from Basically, Atlanta, Indiana, Delphi, people in Delphi were reporting hearing it all the way to Pittsburgh. And they're going, well, we think it was a meteor as a result of this meteor shower that I guess disintegrated or blew up or whatever the scientific term is in the air. Broke through the atmosphere. Well, I guess. But how is it that we spend all this money, all these tax dollars on satellites and monitoring devices and whatever, and we don't know? Well, if it were a Chinese spy balloon, it would have just hung there, right? <laughs> well, just, I mean, you, you understand what I'm saying. It's like we spend all this money on these monitoring techniques, and there's this thing that is being heard and felt over, you know, hundreds of thousands of square miles. And we go, well, we think it was. Well, what do you mean you think it was? How do we not know what it was? The Hamilton County Emergency Management uh, Agency said that their current theory is the sound and light were caused by the sonic boom. Not the meteor, but the boom as it entered the atmosphere. That's what you felt. But it's a theory. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. What what are we monitoring? Pilots in Kentucky said that they saw it. How do we not know? Okay, it was. Great. Things happened. Whatever. It was fill in the blank. What are we monitoring if we don't know if a thing that was so powerful that it was heard from Atlanta and Delphi all the way to Pittsburgh and all points in between? Well, we think it was. Did you run out of your house to check? I did not because Casey. So that's how concerned you were. No, Casey. You here's... said you were concerned something fell on your house, but you didn't even step outside I didn't say fell on my house. I said <laughs> fell in the backyard. Hey, Casey. Yeah. If you believe an intruder or something is on the premises of your house, don't run outside. The safest place for you <laughs> is as be, an armed citizen to be is in your house. Why would you give them the drop on you? Oh heck no. I was ready to go. Somebody was coming in, mm-hmm. but I wasn't gonna, you know, run out there and go, Hey, 
what's going on out there? You can't you can't fire a gun in the air anymore. So you know. Which you shouldn't be firing guns in the air anyway. But no. there was a time where, you know, in the movies, they always come out on their porch and somebody discharges a firearm in the air back in the olden days. Well, you, you can't do that anymore. So stay in your home. <laughs> it was a sonic boom. Okay, so the Indiana Public Schools, they're getting some outside money to pass a referendum. And that's coming up with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So Stand for Children Indiana, which is an education reform nonprofit group, is helping the Indianapolis Public Schools District with their campaign to pass a $410 million capital referendum. That's on the primary ballot coming up in May. So here we go, Casey. We're mm-hmm. going to spend some time talking about one of my favorite uh, things in the entire world. Referendums? Well, yes. How corrupt and awful this whole process is and how it is totally rigged against you as a taxpayer to be able to have the thing that you were told was a constitutional right, and that is tax caps. So if we go back in the time machine, let's give a little reference and this is why you can never give government an inch and i think we've been proven correct numerous times on this that if you give government an inch they will never stop you should never never concede anything to the government or ever 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 assume that government is well-intentioned or has any interest in you benefiting hey 15 days to flatten the curve i think proved that to everybody yeah, it should have yeah. so when they passed the tax caps uh, in 2008 and then put them in the Constitution in 2010, there was concern from some people saying, what if an emergency happens and we have to do some mass project that, I mean, they were they were trying to, they were trying to cover all their bases. And even if the bases were ridiculous, because obviously if there was some catastrophe, insurance would cover it. But in order to placate the school systems, what they said was, okay, we'll grant you the ability in the case of an emergency to to ask the public to raise their taxes above the cap via referendum. The problem was they didn't put the words emergency in anywhere and they never defined what the actual reason or what an emergency would be in order to violate people's constitutional rights to tax caps. And of course, because I'm not going to use the phrase greedy and self-absorbed but without saying our school systems are greedy and totally self-absorbed they very quickly recognized we can ask for these referendums whenever we want for whatever we want and for the past 13 years now people have been going to lawmakers going these school systems regularly regularly abuse the intent of the referendums and the lawmakers just look at you and go (laughs) and do nothing about it And so in one community after another, you see school systems put these public question referendums to raise taxes on the ballot, and it forces individuals to use their own time and resources to compete against the school systems, oftentimes using public money to facilitate the question. And then in the case of IPS, as we're seeing here, special interest groups who will benefit from the outcome of the thing, putting massive amounts of dollars to send out mailers and do television ads and radio ads and put signs in yards, and you have, unless you have Rob Kendall living in your community, almost no chance to defeat 
a public question referendum. Okay, so this is a $410 million referendum, and they received $50,000. So that's what the $50,000 is going for. It's going to be for the the door hangers and the radio ads and the billboard or however they want to promote this referendum. Let's go. I'm just going to use the example of one of the referendums I helped defeat, which was the one in Brownsburg. When they put the public question out in 2015 they used sixty thousand dollars of public money so i'm not talking about like this with ips they used sixty thousand dollars of taxpayer money now their excuse casey you'll love this when we called them on it well it's not taxpayer money it's money from the money we get from coca-cola to have coke in the school systems well whose money is that it's taxpayer money. Any money that comes into you is our money. No, that's money from the Coke fund, so it's not uh, property taxes, so we can use it for whatever we want. They used it, Casey, to pay a consultant $60,000 to help the school system figure out how to manipulate the community into passing the referendum. So on top of that, then they had one of these political action committees like IPS does, and that money had buku dollars coming in from various construction agencies, Casey, who thought, well, when this thing sails through, we're going to be at the precipice of getting all these contracts for this massive $100 million-plus construction deal And so what you had when you lumped the two together was almost $100,000 between the public taxpayer dollars that went to pay this consultant. And I believe it was almost $40,000 from much of it being from construction-based companies or people, $100,000 that we as the citizens had to overcome. Now, luckily, I'm worth millions of dollars. But the average community is not going to be able to overcome that. The system is totally rigged, and this IPS referendum is likely going to sail through because the system is rigged against the taxpayer. Okay, so Stanford Children, Indiana, is saying that the referendum will help close the gap between IPS and other wealthier nearby schools. So one parent said that kids 30 minutes away attend these schools that are luxurious in comparison and give them huge advantages solely based on their zip codes. And that's what they're trying to do. But you're saying that this $50,000 may not be the end. They could get more from other groups. Oh, absolutely. To pass this $410 million referendum. There's no limit on who can give and what. And this is my point. If we're going to have the public question then everybody plays fair. And what I mean by that is put the question out and then everybody just lobbies their neighbors, right? But it's not a fair fight because what you have to do in order to fight this thing is then you as private citizens have to form these political action committees. Well, most people have no idea how that works. Most people have never run for public office. They have no idea how you form a political action committee. You got to set up a bank account to be able to take money. You've got to keep tabs on the on the account. These school systems institutionally understand how to do all this. It's you know they have well, they've wor- been doing. They it. have workers. You'll love this. Here's how rigged it was when we did it. And again, luckily there is no value you could put on having me on your side. <laughs> we caught them them being the Brownsburg school system, handing out pro-referendum information on school property, which, of course, is a total violation of the election law and the rules. You're not supposed to do anything on school. Put this in your backpack, kid, and go on home and give it to mom and dad. You know what they said? You know what they said? So we called them out on it, and they had to go in front of the election board, and the election board said, yeah, you guys are right. But there's nothing in the law that would actually punish these people for doing this. This is how corrupt the laws are. There's a law, 
but there's no actual punishment for breaking that for law. breaking the law. So you know what they said? Well, you guys can use the school facilities, too, if you want. We don't need to use the school facilities. We're playing by the rules, which was clearly an egregious mistake, Casey. Something they weren't doing. So to fight the referendum, you have to organize a pack. Yeah, and you got to get people to give to it, Mm -hmm. and you got to get people to go knock on doors, and you can't just go, as I'm sure many school corporations do, I'm not going to name any names, where you've got superintendents essentially walking up to teachers going, hey, you want to come help us pass this referendum, right? And while I can't force you to do it, you definitely want to do that, right? We'll strongly encourage it. Can I sign you up for, and I'm not going to give any school colors, but we'll just just throw something out here. Can I sign you up for Tuesday at 4 p.m. to be walking in your purple shirt, knocking (laughs) on doors that may or may not identify you as a teacher in the community? Uh, I mean, the system is, but again, it comes back to we talk about the problems with everything. It's the Republicans down the street from us. They know this system exists. They know how the school systems are abusing the system. They know the taxpayers are getting screwed, but they do absolutely nothing about it. There have been many bills over the years that have would have addressed these issues, and they do absolutely nothing about it because they're fine with it. Hey, talking about getting screwed, I paid my property taxes yesterday. Oh, yeah, because you own your home. That was fun. You're super wealthy. Yeah, people, people, oh, yeah. people don't know this. Casey is uh-huh. so wealthy, she was able to just buy her house. Sure. She threw a briefcase, a literal briefcase full of cash sure. at the person who owned the home before her sure, sure and said, sign that paper mm-hmm. and uh so you have to you have to pay you don't pay to a, a mortgage company. No, you, I, I paid it straight to treasury.in.gov yeah. or whatever yeah. it was. And uh, and how are you feeling? <laughs> Did I say? Speaking of getting screwed, fourteen hundred dollars out the window. Hey, I, and again, I'd like to point out, and I, look, we know our buddy from Seymour, uh, Jim Lucas. He yeah. was so mouthy. And so mean-spirited and bad-mouthing me and people on just all sorts of social media posts, Twitter, Facebook. I have asked so many times over the past week on his various social media posts what the plan is with property taxes. And, you know, he was so big and so bold and so bad. There's a plan. You're a shock jock and you're disingenuous and you're a hypocrite and you're a this and you're a that. He won't respond now. Now he's being very quiet. It's so weird because we were told there was a plan and I was a this and I was a that and I was a the other. And now mm-hmm. no response from Jim Lucas. Where's the Tesla guy? Yeah. He's got the number to the hotline. <laughs> Where are all these lawmakers who were saying all the awful things about me? Well, it felt really good, especially when I hit that huge pothole on Washington on my way into work today. <laughs> and I, you know, the car jerked all over the road. It felt really good to give them that money yesterday. Our lawmakers in this state as co- as a collective are the biggest bunch of do-nothing cowards you could even imagine. And the fact that Jim Lucas, Mr. Johnny Tuck, how do you know there is no plan? There's a plan. Can we know the plan? No, because it would give it's you the secret. win. There is no plan. There never was a plan. They're not going to do anything. And the fact that these big tough big tough guys now it's complete radio silence the fact that they won't waltz their asses in here when it's all said and done and apologize that's what a man would do casey a man would waltz in here and go you know what 
you were right and I didn't have the juice or the clout or the ability or the care to do my job, which was to get property tax relief across the finish line. And you were right, Rob. And I'm sorry. That's what a man would do. They may surprise you. There's yeah. a few days uh, left. Of course. It's, it's double secret probation right now. 945. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So over half of Democrats don't want Biden to run again. But apparently he's going to announce tomorrow. And that is on the way from 93 WIBC. 949 with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So it's an existential issue. He says this is an issue where people today are dying. Oh, sorry. My phone's going off. What in the <laughs> world is that? Somebody wants to talk to me. Uh, okay, Is so that your ringer? Yeah. It's a motorcycle? Yeah, you want to hear it? Yeah, that's perfect. Oh, they, they stopped calling? <laughs> <laughs> Just when we wanted them. Uh, yeah. Oh, okay. There it is. Yeah. This is some really compelling I, radio. Sorry. Hey, did you see the ratings, by the way, how good, good we're doing once again? People like to hear my phone Well, it's just off. amazing that we're told no one <laughs> listens, and yet there we are. All yeah. right, uh, so John Kerry. But but wait. Oh. What were the ratings? Number, they were great. Number two in the market? Number two overall, uh, and we'll tell you a little bit later the uh, integral ratings of our little um, nine until noon, which were very, very good again. Were they? And uh, we'll tell you all about that. You're so special, Ron Well, Kendall. okay, let's get to John Kerry. Though, okay. Because... Uh, John Kerry, you may remember him. He was a senator from Massachusetts. He was the 2004 nominee for president. His campaign was derailed by people who served with him in Vietnam, saying what a giant a-hole he was and what a complete coward he was. And then he became, uh, what what was he? He was Secretary of State Mm -hmm. under Obama. And now he is the climate czar. He's a special presidential envoy for climate. Yeah, whatever that is, Mm -hmm. under Biden. His deal is he walks around with that very long, sad face of his and in a just monotone voice uh, that makes you want to stab yourself in the eye with an ice pick, will tell you every single day how the world is going to end and the world is over and it's all because of climate change. Of course, he uh, jets around, no pun intended, in a gigantic plane, which emits more carbon in one trip than you or I do in an entire year, lives in a gargantuan mansion, which again, one day of electricity there is more than ours for an entire year. But don't pay any attention to that because you are the problem, Casey. Yeah. He said that the deaths of millions is because of climate change. He added that extreme weather events created by the phenomenon will have crops being ripped away yes, ripped from away. the field. Yes, and, and Farmers, listen up. You're going to lose that soybean, that he, corn. Say goodbye to it. Here is John Kerry saying, not only that, but your home will also be destroyed due to climate change. In a recent NBC yeah. poll from August, voters ran climate change as the fifth most important issue. Can you make the case for it being number one? It's getting hotter. There are going to be more intensive weather events, and it will cost us an awful lot more money. So as that happens, as people see their farms, you know, the crops ripped away or their homes destroyed, you watch the pressure grow. And I believe we're in a transformational moment. I think this will be one of, if not the, but it'll be one of the top three issues in the 24 presidential election. No question in my mind. One of the top issues for the presidential election. By the way, did you hear the planes flying over them during that interview? And why is it that these old guys, Al Gore, John Kerry, they're the climate guys? They're no longer politically active, but that's their thing. Well, they're hucksters. I mean, in the case of Al Gore, he has made huge amounts of money 
selling this climate garbage while he lives a lifestyle and emits far more in a single year than you and I will in our entire lives. But we are lectured by this guy who has made a gajillion dollars because that's it. it's a grift, right? That's what those people are. They are grifters. Now, this was another Jin Psaki interview, and we were laughing earlier during the AOC clip that she was is being presented now as some sort of hard-hitting journalist. Yeah. And Casey, at the end of this interview, because nothing says I'm going to grill you and get to the bottom and the truth for the American people, like asking the subject in question if they'd like to go get ice cream. Now, I remember well that you have a bit of a sweet tooth. Do you want to go get some ice cream over there? That would be... The Let's do it. the nail on the head. Okay. <laughs> Oh, we cut out the music part. Okay, so this goes on. Yes. Where the two, there's a shot of the two walking over to the ice cream cart, and there's music playing, mm -hmm. and, you know, the B-roll of them is eating the ice cream. Now, is she doing a hard-hitting news interview, or is this a lifestyle show? No, you did a lifestyle show. I did, and that is the exact sort of thing that I have done during the lifestyle show. You've got Shots ice cream. of me eating ice cream. Yeah. And here it is. Uh, you know, if uh, Wish TV wants somebody to fill in for Kayla, they can just call Jen Psaki because she's got this bit down. What do you do while you're eating the ice cream with the person? Do you actually talk to them? Well, no. Sometimes it's like you can't actually eat the ice cream. Oh. Hold it up to your mouth like you're going to eat it <laughs> and do that 10 times until they have the shot. And then, okay, then take a bite. But not a big bite, because you might have to take multiple little bites. So you're not actually enjoying ice cream with the person that you're supposed to be no, enjoying the ice cream with? No, you're doing it for the camera, uh, just like they were. Does the person you're doing it with think that's weird? Because most of the time, they're not TV people. Yeah, well, they're looking at you, like, for direction, yeah. and you give them the nod. It's oh, okay. the most awkward. It's so staged, just like this was. It's the most awkward enjoyment of ice cream ever. All right, when we come back, people are freaking out about Biden being old, and the Democrats are in damage control mode. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC.